Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money of M89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang with you. It is time now for the bigger picture. We are trying to read the room a lot this morning, Ryan, because we've got a case of strong economic data, yet the speculation continues. How does this factor in to the Fed's aggressive rate hiking stance that mm. they brought up. We've got some Fed presidents set to speak uh, later today as well, so uh, you're going to expect more narrative on that. That is right. So that is playing out in the background as we try to absorb the latest data points and overnight we got the US services PMI data rising to 56.9. That is a four-month high and above the consensus forecast. So that is painting a picture of how the US economy is more resilient than expected. So that kind of feeds into expectations that the Fed is able to do more and might do more. And that in turn is raising bond yields and lifting the US dollar. And conversely, we are seeing pressure on other Asian currencies. For example, the Japanese yen now at its weakest in nearly 24 years. And we have the Sing dollar at around 1.406. That is near a one-month low against the US dollar. And it's very close to touching its lowest in two years. So let's unpack this is Abdesh Narayan. He is the Senior Investment Strategist for Standard Chartered Private Bank. Morning, Abdesh. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, great to have you on. Now, let's talk about what's playing out in the markets. And it looks like a case of good news is bad news right now when it comes to economic data versus the markets. So the PMI data overnight, better than expected. How much of a surprise is this when it comes to the reaction in the markets? And how justifies it when it comes to Fed high expectations? Well, you're spot on when you said that markets are treating good economic news as, as bad news for assets. And see, I mean, uh, the, the ISM non-manufacturing or the services PMI data was, was certainly stronger than expected. But to explain the market reaction, we need to you know link it to the other data points that we have been getting. And I think the most important data point to look at was the non-farm payrolls last week, where not only did we see a higher than expected job creation, but we also saw that more and more people are starting to come back to the labor market because the participation rate increased. And for the Fed, that could mean that the underlying economy remains fairly strong. So that does give the Fed a bit more room to continue hiking rates. Uh, so we think that the markets uh, are you know, assigning a high likelihood of a 75 basis point rate hike in the Fed meeting in, 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 in later September. But I think in the near term, the CPI data that we'll get next week will be crucial. So if it is you know, uh, on, a, on a downward trajectory, then that could provide some relief to the markets. Yeah, Abhilash, I'm heading to Disneyland next month, so it's not great news for me to see the US dollar gaining so strongly. And I'm just looking at, in the past month, the dollar index up nearly 4%. In the past year, it's up nearly 20%. Uh, interestingly, you have your eye on the dollar in the other direction, rather bearish on a 6 to 12 month horizon. Help us unpack your thinking here. Uh, yeah, thanks. I think when we look at the dollar, we think that the, the trajectory for the dollar will be divergent in the short and the long run. So in the next one to three months, uh, it is possible that the dollar remains you know, fairly steady or even appreciates a bit. So if you look at the DXY index, the, the, the key resistance level to look out for is 111.3. But on a 12-month basis, we, we still think that the dollar is likely to weaken. And if you look at the, the factors driving uh, the dollar higher, right, it's one of the big factors is, is euro. So euro is 
is 57% of the DXY index. And we've seen uh, the, the common currency remain under pressure because of energy security concerns, because of gas supply cutoff. We've seen uncertainty as far as politics is concerned. And ECB has been behind the curve as far as hiking rates is concerned. Uh, but we think that, you know, as we go along into 2023, uh, we'll start seeing ECB hike rates more aggressively to, to curb inflation. We'll see U.S. economic growth slow down. And what that should mean is that the interest rate differential between U.S. and other currencies uh, should should come down. And on top of that, if you look at fundamental valuations, U.S. is extremely overvalued and most of the other G10 currencies screen as, as being undervalued. So I think that uh, once we see uh, U.S. exceptionalism fade, we see some of the risks in, in U.S. in Europe potentially dissipate. That's when we could see the dollar start to turn lower. Yeah, Abhilash, it's interesting how you kind of bearish on the US dollar, but a bit more bullish on the euro, where we are seeing a lot of issues playing out, not least uh, the energy crisis, where we have an emergency meeting, of course, the Nord Stream 1 pipeline right at the top of the table, uh, where it is just putting a lot of pressure when it comes to energy prices. How much has been priced in? And I'm just wondering how bullish you are on the euro, considering all these issues. Well, uh, again, uh, like I mentioned for the dollar, we, we do have uh, a, a divergent trajectory for euro in, in the near term and the long term. So the path is not linear. So we think that in the in the next one to three months, euro is going to be under pressure because of the energy security concerns, as you mentioned. Uh, and we've got the winter coming. So we will see potential risks around, uh, you know, energy rationing uh, in, in Europe. So that could be on the on the common currency. But, you know, on a 12-month horizon, we, we are expecting uh, the euro to touch 1.05, so around a 5-6% depreciation from where we are today. Uh, now, if you look at the, the energy security situation, right, uh, obviously the uh, the cutoff of gas from Russia is, is a big blow. But what Europe has done is it has progressively built uh, gas reserves and gas storage uh, over the past three, four months. So if you look at Germany's gas reserves, they are, you know, close to the five-year averages. So obviously... Uh, let's not downplay the challenges there, but arguably Europe has taken steps in the last four or five months to sort of boost its uh, its uh, gas reserves and gas storages. So, you know, we think that uh, markets will be volatile, but Europe and, and the common currencies should be able to muddle through this. Yeah, Abhilash, does your optimism also lend itself to the British pound, where we are seeing also under pressure, in fact, near 40-year lows, and you have a new prime minister who has promised tax cuts. That's not going to do any good for the uh, strength of the British pound, right? Well, uh, British pound is, is, is a curious case. So we saw the, the pound jump sharply higher once we saw uh, Liz Truss being announced as, as the new prime minister. But obviously, uh, once she announced the plans for 130 billion energy package, energy security package, as well as, you know, her, her views on tax cuts, I think the biggest question for the markets is how sustainable is that going to be from a, from a fiscal dynamics perspective? Because if you're cutting taxes and increasing spending, then in the long run, it, it does uh, weaken the, the strength of the economy and, and the currency. So we think that in, in the near term, the pound could trend, trade in a range-bound manner. So 1.175 is, is sort of a key resistance that we are looking at in, in the near term. But I think we need to get more clarity in terms of policies uh, from, from Liz Truss to, to see uh, you know how the pound could evolve uh, in, in the next three months. But on a 12-month basis, we still think that Bank of England has a lot of room to hike rates uh, uh, from, from the current level. So we think the pound should appreciate to around 1.21 versus the dollar uh, on a 12-month horizon. Yeah, Abhilash, uh, just wrap things up quickly. We've got one major currency to track and that is the Japanese yen. That 24-year lows against the dollar. It's been quite an easy ride to bet against the yen. When does the right stop? 
Well, that's an interesting question, right? Because see, the, the fundamental driver for, for yen weakness has been the monetary policy divergence. Bank of Japan has been firmly in, in, in a camp that it's not looking to tighten policy, whereas we all know that the Fed is tightening policy aggressively, and that's leading to uh, an increase in interest rate differentials between uh, the dollar and the yen. And, and that's pro- probably driving some flows away from the Japanese markets as well. Now, in the near term, we think that 144 is is a key sort of resistance to watch out for. Uh, and after that, you know, uh, we, we could potentially see uh, 147 level being tested, which was uh, the high around 1998. I think that the biggest question uh, is whether the Japanese authorities will step in and, and try to intervene or calm the markets, whether it is it, uh, an external, uh, sorry, explicit intervention, or is it more of a signaling uh, perspective? Because if you look at the positioning for, for dollar yen, obviously it is quite, quite extreme. So it it shouldn't take much for, for the yen to stabilize or even pull back a bit should uh, should market expectations get revised a bit more. But yeah, clearly uh, it's, it's one of the, key currency pairs that we are watching out today. All right, 143 is where it is right now and 144 is the level to watch. We've been sharing Ablesh Narayan. He is the Senior Investment Strategist for Senate Chartered Private Bank. Ablesh, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.